Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers to see the stickers and postcards we have for sale. And you can also join our Patreon to receive a monthly sticker and print in the mail from Olivia. So this week, we thought we'd do a little catch-up episode where we talk a bit about what's going on in our lives and maybe some very exciting upcoming weekend plans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We did one of these last summer, like a little summer catch-up, and it was really fun. And I feel like summers, especially for Olivia, are exciting and there's like interesting field stuff going on and stories to tell. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I guess this summer... It has been super busy. I mean, we started, and by we, I mean like me and my lab team, uh, we've been going out and collecting all of the insects for my master's research. So we've been essentially just driving around Edmonton collecting bugs from ponds. And it's really, it's gone so smoothly this year. I am kind of astonished, like, you know, knock on wood, but I feel like it's going very quickly, very well, but we're finding a lot less beetles, I think, than last summer. I'm not sure why that is. These environments are very variable, so I would expect some difference year to year. But this is part of the reason we do two years of data collection so that we have two big data points in case the weather was kind of weird one year or, you know, nature is just constantly changing. So it's helpful to have more than one year to base your research on because a finding that is true for one year may not be true for another year. So do you think it's going more smoothly just because you're more practiced at it this year? Like you kind of have the technique down? Yeah, I think more practiced. And also I've got so many helpers. (laughs) I've got like (laughs) three like employed members and a volunteer and they've been awesome. So it's been really good. That's great. And could you kind of describe for listeners what I guess a typical day out in the field is looking like for you this summer? Yeah, so we usually we head off to a pond and what we set up is we'll take like a dip net sample, which is just what it sounds like. It's just a net and we swish that around the water and collect a bunch of stuff from one spot at the pond. And then we also have these bottle traps that are literally just sprite bottles with the top chopped off and inverted. So it's sort of a funnel trap. And I 3D printed these like rings to attach to the bottles to kind of hold them together and we put those in the water too and we have a bunch of those set up around the pond and they collect all sorts of interesting bugs that might come out more at night because we'll leave them out overnight or they might catch yeah just I I found that the bottle traps are way more effective at catching my invertebrates than the net is Um, especially just because like sometimes those ponds are super gooey just like unbelievably gooey. And so trying to move a net through thick mud that just keeps getting more and more mud and vegetation stirred up with every like stroke of the net, you end up like being very slow. And so things can escape. And so we use my traps to catch anything that may have escaped. And so yeah, we, we go and do that all around the city. So these are urban ponds. These are like neighborhood ponds. There's people walking their dogs. They come and ask us about any number of things. Everyone's always very confused when I tell them what we're doing. (laughs) Um, 
They're like, oh, you're looking at bugs? So mosquitoes? And I'm like, no, not mosquitoes, the other bugs. And they're like, oh, hmm. And then they leave because they don't (laughs) have any other questions. But we're also this summer, my field technicians are doing a variety of undergraduate research projects. So one of them is looking at parasites in like the parasites that cause swimmers itch. Part of their life cycle involves being inside of snails. And so he's been looking at those snails and working with another lab to basically see which ones are ejecting the parasite, which is really gross, but also cool. (laughs) And then another one is looking at all of the other orders of insects we're collecting and how common they are in certain ponds, like basically looking at the overall like makeup of the insect community and what kinds of insects are there. And then our other field technician is looking at bats, actually, in the area. And so we've been setting up these audio recorders that are really cool. They kind of look like they look like trail cameras, if you've ever seen those. And we set those up. And what it will do is it senses ultrasonic sounds, which are the bat sounds. And it automatically identifies what bat it is. And it basically measures the amount of activity at a pond. And it can also tell us if the bat is feeding or if it's just passing, like if it's just kind of making its way around the pond versus like, they'll do this really crazy sound where they sort of go beep, 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 beep. And then like when it goes really high pitched like that, it like is narrowing in on a bug and that's when it like Mm. catches the bug. It's really cool. Anyway, sorry, I think I went on a weird tangent about that. But no, um, she's sort of looking at what kinds of bats are in the area, and we can also tell sort of their activity level. So determining the species is, I don't know, we talked to a bunch of people about this, and some people are very like, yes, you can absolutely trust the machine to tell what species it is. And then other people are like, "Mm, it's not that accurate. So I guess that remains to be seen. We're going to try it out, see how it goes. But yeah, and then we bring all that stuff back to the lab. And we live sort our samples, which is a whole complicated process that's too hard to explain. But basically, we just like spray a bunch of water and put them through a sieve and then we sort them out individually from buckets. So it's a lot of work, but we've been pretty efficient at it this year. Yeah, I was actually in Edmonton at the end of June, beginning of July, and I got to spend some time in the lab with Olivia, which was really fun and just... Yeah, me just sipping my chai latte while Olivia's like picking through all the bugs in a bucket. (laughs) And they were so stinky because my bottle traps, some of them are baited with cat food. So imagine the smell of pond mixed with rotted cat food that's been sitting out in the sun all day. It's a great smell. Yeah. And kind of fish sometimes because sometimes we like fish accidentally wind up in there and die. Not, Not often. They're usually like little minnows and stuff, but... Yeah, it kind of sucks. Oh my gosh, Sophia. So, okay, so I threw out my back today and I had to take the day off because I was just in a huge amount of pain. I couldn't like do anything. But the one day I wasn't there, something really exciting happened. They pulled up a trap and there was a garter snake inside. Oh, wow. And yeah, and they they thought it was dead. And so they took it out and it was alive. It was perfectly fine. And it looks like it had just eaten a bunch of the fish that got trapped in there and probably some of my beetles, unfortunately, but eh, whatever. Uh, But I guess it was okay. And it just ran away. Did it come from the water? Yeah. Yeah. So they swim a lot. Mm. In fact, they can hold their breath a pretty long time. I'm quite sure. On that note, this summer, 
or sorry, last week I went to Dry Island Buffalo Jump, which is a provincial park in Alberta. And for anyone who doesn't know what a buffalo jump is, basically historically indigenous people, when we had bison on the plains, unfortunately now they've been driven to extinction, except for some small populations that are being bred in national parks. When we did have bison on the plains, the indigenous people would basically hunt them specifically around these big cliffy areas and get them to basically jump off the cliff and that's how they'd be hunted. And so this area has tremendous historical significance and and current significance to the indigenous people, but it's also a spectacularly beautiful place. I'd never been in my life. It is Badlands. It's some of the most northernmost Badlands in the province. And What's cool is usually Badlands are very, like, they have that hoodoo structure, this, like, layered, sandy-looking stone, but not very many trees. But in this case, there were all these beautiful conifer trees and deciduous trees all along the valley. It was just, like, the most spectacular combination of landscapes. I couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And I was there with my supervisor, John Acorn, and my friend, Leah Jackson, and we were doing, as part of, like, a Nature Alberta activity, a butterfly count. So we were running around catching and identifying butterflies and then letting them go, and it was good fun. But the reason I bring this up is that along the river, there were so many garter snakes swimming along the river. It was so cute. And you can just like see their little heads sticking out of the water like a tiny little Loch Ness monster sticking their little tongue out. And 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 when you walk close to them, they'll like dive right underwater and you can see them staring up at you underwater, just like very still. And they can stay there for like, I don't know, I would watch them for like minutes wondering if they were going to come up and they seemed fine. It was really neat. That's so cool. Wow. Was there anything else? you've got going on this summer? Well, I mean, we are having the party of our lives this weekend. Sophia, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So I guess when this goes out on Monday, we will have just (laughs) gotten back from it. But we are going with a few other friends to the Taylor Swift concert uh, night two in Seattle. So excited. We're so kind of excited. making a whole weekend of it, but yeah, it is really the event of a lifetime. I will look back on it like Woodstock, probably. <laughs> Honestly, so. I mean, we're, we're such huge Taylor Swift fans. You know, our our fans wouldn't believe it, but that's probably what most of our texts are about. So yeah, that's true. Or at least like group texts, like group yeah. chat texts. There are multiple group chats about Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's a few of them. We're super excited it's, it's about It's really it. nice. I feel like I grew up in high school not having Swifty friends and feeling like I was lame. And now I have a lot of Swifty friends like in real life and, and it's really nice. So I hope our listeners who are Swifties got tickets. I know it's kind of a sore subject, so I don't want to like brag about oh, it yeah, too much. Oh yeah, I shouldn't dwell on it. <laughs> <laughs> we do feel very lucky. And I'm just excited to see Olivia in general and... Yeah, I get to just have a fun weekend. I'm sure we'll post some pictures if people want to see. But yeah, the Beyond Blathers gals take Taylor Swift eras tour. Yeah, I'm currently sewing a dress for it. I'm really excited about it. Although the stars, Sophia, I think the stars are maybe not going to work. I might get star stickers and put those on instead. I just think that they're really ugly right now. And honestly, I want to be able to reuse the dress. And I'm not sure if there's like these really tacky stars. <laughs> if I'll be able yeah. to use it. So anyway, sorry, that's that's a bit of an aside, but 
The outfits is a whole thing. Yeah, it's very much a whole thing. I, I went to Claire's this weekend with our friend Sam, and we just like were so excited about going to Claire's. <laughs> I haven't been there since, oh gosh, I don't even know, probably elementary school. And I think I forgot how like wonderfully joyful it is to look at ridiculous earrings and just the kitschiest content imaginable. It, it brought me a lot. Oh, yeah. of, I feel like it was, you know, that inner child coming out so this is your tip to go to Claire's and just like feel happy there's a lot of nostalgia right now like we're also gonna see the Barbie movie just a good like girly weekend yeah a very pink weekend it's it's gonna be really fun it's funny because like also most of the ladies in my lab and also my lab is all ladies so I'm not really sh- like pretty much all women are very into Taylor, Taylor Swift as well so you know we've got a drawing of her on our board next to all the bugs we love her dearly so we're we're all very excited about the Eras tour and and Speak Now coming out a couple weeks ago so you should make a TikTok that's like Beatles like as the different Taylor Swift eras or something you know oh, I should yeah, I've seen a lot of people being like butterflies is different Taylor Swift eras. And then they have all these like fake butterflies and also just like <laughs> poorly chosen butterflies. It actually bothers me a lot. I'm like, really? That that butterfly is barely yellow. Like, I'll show you a real yellow butterfly. <laughs> I love that. This is the content we need. Yeah. And what has been going on with you, Sophia? You have been doing amazing things. Yeah, it's been an exciting summer so far. I finished up all my courses for my master's in creative writing. So I'm now done my courses. I'm finishing up my thesis, which is actually a TV series. If you're a longer time listener of the podcast, you've probably heard me talk about it before, but I'm basically trying to like finish up my edits on the scripts and the show Bible because I just want to finish it and graduate. (laughs) I think if you've done a master's or, oh my gosh, I imagine a PhD, you feel even more like this, but I'm just like, I can't look at this anymore. I don't care if it's good. Just take it away from me. Yeah. (laughs) But I am like, I'm proud of it and I'm happy to have gotten this opportunity. And then, yeah, I actually just a few days ago got back from the Banff Center for the Arts in Banff, Alberta, where I was doing a literary journalism residency for two weeks. So that was such an amazing opportunity. It's something that I've wanted to do for as long as I've wanted to be a writer. And yeah, the Banff Center is basically this amazing campus in the Rocky Mountains. Just, you know, it's like a 15-minute walk into the town of Banff. But it's this nice little campus that has like hotels, a restaurant, a buffet, you know, a bunch of buildings. Like there's like a theater. There's all these music buildings, arts buildings. And it's just a space for artists to come and do residencies and I was so lucky my residency was completely endowed so I didn't have to pay for any of it I just had to pay to get there and then once I got there like my hotel and all my food was paid for so I just really got to focus on writing for two weeks and there were three faculty leading the program Carol Shabin, Charlotte Gill, and Michael Harris who were all really respected Canadian nonfiction writers. And then I was in a group of seven other really great journalists and nonfiction writers who I really felt like the baby. Like I'm I'm 25 and I think the next youngest person was 36. 
they ranged from like 36 to 54, I think. So I was definitely the little like Gen Z representation <laughs> in the group. But it was so fun. And I, I got to work on a project that I've been wanting to work on for almost five years now. So it was really special. And I'm excited to share more about that in the future. I hope that it will be published. So it's kind of going out to editors now, but it's a about 4,000 word essay. So yeah, I just got to work on it there and like got to consult with the faculty on edits. And just I had an office, which was really nice because I live in a very small apartment in Vancouver with a roommate and I definitely don't have a separate workspace. So like having an office was such a nice privilege and like it felt very hard to come back to my little desk in my bedroom oh I can imagine yeah but it was really cool and I and I got to see I saw elk I saw so many ground squirrels all over the campus they were really cute there were little babies too I got to go like swimming in lakes I got to go to the hot springs yeah it was just it's such an amazing place like it really fuels your creativity so if you're a writer, like these residencies are open to international applicants as well. And they have ones for visual artists. They have ones for literary arts. Also, there were like opera singers there while I was there. That's so cool. It's really cool because you get to socialize with the other artists. Like you go to the buffet and there are these tables reserved just for artists. And you just go sit down and like... Maybe an opera singer comes and then a ceramicist and then like someone who does projections or something and you're all chatting. Yeah, it was just such a cool creative experience. I just feel so lucky to have been able to do it at such a young age because it's like a bucket list thing for Canadian writers to do. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounded totally, it just sounded so exciting. And are you allowed to say like what the theme of your essay was on? Yeah, yeah, I can. It's about how finding Edith Eaton, who was the first Asian North American writer, she wrote in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's about how discovering her helped me find myself as a mixed race, half Asian writer, because she was also half Asian. So yeah, it's like, I first found out about Edith in my undergrad, and I've been wanting to write about her since because she's kind of been forgotten from the literary canon, and I'm pretty sure none of our listeners have heard of her. If you've heard of her, that's pretty impressive. She also wrote under the pen name Suisse and Far, but yeah, definitely when that piece is published, I will definitely share it because I'm I'm really, I, I love Edith and I just want to tell her story and want to share her with people because I just found her so inspiring. So yeah, that's what the piece is about. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I really hope that everyone is going to be able to read that soon and crossing my fingers. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. And then yeah, we have this weekend coming up. And then of course, I'm hoping to get out to Saturna Island in August to visit my dad and just be there because it's so beautiful there. Yeah. And then Olivia and I were just talking about this before we started recording, but I don't know what I'm doing in the fall. So that's exciting. But summer's still, (laughs) it's still summer and I still don't have to worry about it yet. Yeah. It's a later problem. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, that's what we're up to this summer. We hope you're all having a great summer yourselves, seeing lots of wildlife and getting out in nature. Yeah, go out, go outside. If it's smoky, wear a mask. Don't mess around with that. That's True. I feel like that's a message specifically to my my Albertan and BC listeners here, please. <laughs> it's so yeah. rough out there. But do enjoy the summer. Go do some butterfly catching. See what you can find. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Remember to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash beyondblathers and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at beyondblathers. You can also find our TikTok at beyond underscore blathers. And don't forget to take a look at our shop at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye. Thank you.